Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today we welcome back to the program author and teacher Jonathan Kahn, who is here to uncover the mysteries of God, the secrets of the ages, and the hidden keys to open the doors of a life of joy, blessing, and fulfillment of your destiny. We're so happy to be with everyone today. We are very excited about our guest. He's right in the studio with us. His name is Jonathan Kahn. We know the name Jonathan Kahn from The Harbinger and Shemitah, his book, which we'll be offering, The Book of Mysteries. And I should point out, and you probably know, that Jonathan Kahn is a prophetic voice to this generation. My, when I think of his books and I think of the influence that he's had, when I think of his appearances, he's actually addressed members of Congress and the UN, and so we are so, so blessed to have him, and I'm really excited about the programs that we're going to be doing. We want this to be a ministry to you. We are speaking to our beloved listeners and viewers and It's always our great goal at Southwest Radio Church to offer material that is biblical, that is edifying, and that you will be looking to the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jonathan, it's so good to be with you. Great to be with you, Larry. Yeah, I mean, we've done this on the phone, but never in person, and it's a, a blessing to meet you and be with you. Well, I know we had supper last night and just had a lot of good fellowship. And then Mm -hmm. this morning we drove around a little Mm -hmm. bit and that's the way I I like to do it to get to know our guests. But tell us about the uh, harbinger of Baal that recently appeared on American soil. And of course, when we speak about a harbinger, we're speaking about something that signals something else that's going to happen. That's kind Mm -hmm. of the theme of, Mm -hmm. of your book. But tell us about this harbinger of Baal. Well, in the harbinger, for those who don't know, it's, it's the mystery that in the last days of ancient Israel, these harbingers or signs appeared of warning of judgment. Well, the amazing thing or the stunning thing or the scary thing is that in America, the same signs harbingers have appeared. But in the last days of Israel, before destruction, they were particularly worshiping a particular god the god Baal, or we know him as Baal. And so Baal is the god who the nation, that new god, turns to when it turns away from God. God of sexual immorality. God of killing your ba- your, un- your babies, offering them up. The god of persecuting the righteous. It's the god of calling good evil. So this is the anti-god god. Well, America is following this pattern too. America is calling evil good. Good evil is promoting sexual immorality, is offering up its children, millions of unborn children. So it's the spirit of Baal. You know, you may not call it Baal, but it's still Baal. So could the sign of Baal, or the harbinger of Baal, actually appear in America? The answer is amazingly yes. I mean, most people don't even know Baal. I mean, believers do, but most people don't even know. But the amazing thing is, recently, Larry, I mean, this is in the autumn, and I went down there to witness it firsthand, is they actually reconstructed the arch to Baal the arch of the city of Palmyra, which is the Baal worship, that the Baal wor- the worshipers would go through the arch to go to the temple and worship Baal. They erected it in New York City, and here is the sign of Baal identifying a nation that once knew God, turned away from God, promoting immorality, persecuting the righteous, lifting up its children, mm. right in New York City, which, by the way, is the center of abortion, as began that, and it's also was within sight of 
ground zero on the harbingers. I mean, it was the same place. And they, they unveiled, they had this big sheet, they unveiled it, and they, had, they played Middle Eastern music. You can imagine them worshiping Baal to this music. The deputy mayor of New York gets up and says, you know, if you look at the harbinger, every time they build, they construct a harbinger, they use the word, we're doing this in defiance, word defiance. Mm. The deputy mayor says, we are doing this as an act of defiance. So here in America, this, um, unbelievably, the sign of Baal has manifested. Well, you know, Jonathan, I'm from New York City, and I guess you were... I noticed that accent. Yeah, you... <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm thinking of it, you know, to have become so paganized, and I think, well, okay, that's really what's happening in our nation. We've seen so many things. So, so yeah. when we see this harbinger in New York City, and then, of course, now, are we getting some kind of a respite? Is there some hope for us? Or should we be praying, or is everything lost? First of all, well, the, in the template that you see in the Harbinger, and that's northern, the northern kingdom of Israel, God didn't just judge them. He gave them periods, and he even gave them, he gave them periods of grace. He gave them times to repent. And so I believe that's what we have right now. Because, not that the answer is any man, but the fact is all the changes that took place in the, in the last eight years would have, been, would have been sealed, including the Supreme Court for a generation. Right. It would have been religious liberty, all that. I mean, you, you know, believers were getting ready to live under persecution. And all of a sudden, everybody's surprised. I mean, you know, and so, I mean, nobody expected this. So it seems like a, God is, I always say, you know, when people say, is there any hope? I say, well, listen, God is never out of ideas. and He's never out of plans. And so the fact is, we, it's not the answer, but it's provided a window for the answer, meaning if we work towards revival, and so this has to be a time, if we're putting our trust in men, no. If we're putting our trust in governments, no. But if we put our trust in God, and we work all the harder to get the gospel out, and, and to pray for revival, and live in revival, and be on fire for God, Hallelujah. then it could be amazing. So if we don't, we put our trust in man, and we're going to be great, then it's Isaiah 9, 10, then it's in the, it's with the Bible. I mean, it's, it's what's, what's in the harbinger, what happened to Israel. And it can be a disaster, but if we use this time for God, it can be amazing. Here's the, it's life or death. So what you're saying, if I hear you correctly, we kind of have a little bit of a reprieve. Yeah. It's good as far as it can go in human terms, but that does not mean that we should be sitting back. We no. should be more diligent no. in evangelism yes. and prayer. Yes. In Second Chronicles seven yes. fourteen, if my people yes. will humble themselves and pray. Yes. So yeah, we do have some good things, but it's just an opportunity. That's we need right. To dig in. That's right. We can't blow it. We have to use it. And exactly, this is not the time to stop praying. This is the time to start praying. Well, we're visiting with Jonathan Kahn, and we are talking about a lot of things. We've got a lot to talk about, but we are offering our listeners his book, The Book of Mysteries, and there are 365 mysteries in here. I've not read every one, but what I've read, I like, and the reason I like them, first of all, they're very challenging. Secondly, they give me a lot of hope. Thirdly, they kind of take me inside the Word of God, and I see another facet. You know, the Word mm -hmm. of God is like a mm -hmm. diamond. There's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of faces. Mm -hmm. We'd love to send you a copy of the Book of Mysteries, 1-800-652-1144. Now, Jonathan, what is the Book of Mysteries, yes. and what kind of mysteries does it tell us about? Well, if the harbinger is, say, is the unveiling of a mystery, the Book of Mysteries is, is the opening up of hundreds of the mysteries of God. What I believe are some of the greatest mysteries, the mysteries, for instance, mysteries of the ages, mysteries of the hidden writings of the rabbis, that have to do with the proved Messiah, mm -hmm. the mysteries of the end times, mysteries behind history, mystery of your life, of finding God's destiny and, who, and your, who you are, mysteries of what you cannot, when you read the Bible in English, 
you can never find what well, there's so much in there behind that in the original right. language. So so many mysteries. And what I did is what I was led to do is, you know, give there was a story there, and that is that uh, on top of it, and that is that a man goes out into the desert, meets a guy named called the, yeah. the teacher. He takes him on this journey for one year in the desert on mountaintops, caverns, secret chambers, chambers of books, chambers of scrolls, and every day he opens up another mystery of God. And so, therefore, you're taken on this journey, and so it's three. That's what you said, three hundred sixty-five. So you can read it as a devotion. The Book of Mysteries can be read as a devotional, but kind of unlike devotional, because it's not just you're getting a yeah. nice word; you're getting a mystery of God. And but also, you can read it right through. So, and you also, you can read it. You look at the the contents, which has all the mysteries. You can read it backwards, forwards. Choose your mystery. Yes. Read it. So people are reading it in all different ways, but it takes you on that, and it's not just to that we be blown away, but which is great, but that we take the mystery, apply it to your life, and it can change your life. So at the end of every mystery, the teacher gives the disciple a mission or gives a way to the secret yes. of applying it. That's not really for the disciple, it's for you reading it. So that if you, I believe if you apply this to your life, it literally will change your life. Well, yeah, at the bottom of the page, you, you refer to that, there is the word, the mission, and then on this one, day 11, what is it that you seek from life and from others today Make it your goal to give to others the very thing you seek. And then you have several scriptures. So this yeah. is very practical, yes. is it not? Oh, yeah. And yeah. yet it's a great adventure into yes. the mysteries of God. Yes. And there's no end to the mysteries of God. There's no end. God, there's no end to God. So there's no end. You, if you, if, you know, I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care if you're a bishop. You think you, if you, the more you think, hey, I got it down, you're going to stop learning. There, <laughs> we, ha, we don't know the half of God. If Paul could write, Paul, who wrote most, much of the books of the New Testament, he says that I might know God. I mean, then we have to seek again. You know, and I, I believe it's for revival, you know, and for yes. people's revival. I think there's a sense in the Christian life where as we get deeper, we begin to, it's kind of like we get on God's signal. You know, we've got our radio tuned or our, our antennas tuned, and as you get into the mysteries and the book of mysteries, I think you begin to see a lot of stuff that you didn't normally get with your understanding. It's almost like your soul comes alive. I've really had yeah. that experience. Yeah. Your, your spirit. You know, where Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 speaks about praying with the understanding and then praying with the Spirit. And I think as you get into the book of mysteries, the Spirit becomes, what should I say, impassioned mm -hmm. and inflamed. And so you yeah. really have an encounter, yeah. a real meeting yes. with the Holy Spirit yes. through this book. Yes, that, yes. I, I'll tell you, this, there's somebody, I can't say his name, but he's extremely famous. Every single person knows him well. Even unbelievers know him. A believer for, for ages and ages, years. He said, I was with him, and he, we were on the air, and he, he said, you know, first he didn't know what to make it, he didn't know what, what this was going to be. He opened it up, he's opening up to the first one, which is about just opening, it's really just opening your, your life and your heart. And he's talking to me, and he starts crying on the air, and said that it changed his life. And his, his wife said it changed his life. Now, as a man who's been 50 years, to me, that's the most important thing. Right. I mean, because to have an encounter with God, and that's exactly what you just said. And also, the other thing is that people are giving the book to friends and loved ones, you know, immediately, and people are getting saved. So people, it has the thing to how to get saved as well. So people are getting saved, people right. getting saved. That's, my, that's the greatest blessing I can hear. You know, and I think of, in fact, when I started reading the book, I thought of that passage in Philippians 4, the peace that passes understanding. In other words, we have a peace, we have a reality that we do not just understand with our brains, but it passes understanding, that's right. but it is real. That's right. And as it is real, it changes us because the Holy Spirit takes it within 
and brings out the power, the glory, the grace, the mercy of God. And Jonathan, I, I think you've done a great job because this is a book that's, that's not just a devotional, no. it's a transformational adventure. Yeah, well, that's the, the greatest <laughs> thing I could hear. And I'm blessed, I am so blessed to get me getting this back from everybody saying that that's, that's the effect. And when it came, I was just, I said, Lord, every day, every night, you know, I'd start at midnight, because I don't want to talk, midnight, I said, Lord, you got to give me four, there's going to be four mysteries now for me to get this thing done for every night, you no matter what, this, I, have, I, can't, I can't afford any block, it's just you just have to do it. And every night, there was, it was just like flowed out. And I was getting blessed. I was getting ministered to as it was happening. And there were things right. happening that wow. were new that I never heard before. There's a lot of things there that have not been anywhere before. So, yes, yeah. I, I would testify to that because I've read lots of books in preparing for this program and in studies. And friends, you really will delight in the Book of Mysteries by Jonathan Kahn. Once again, our telephone number, one 800 652-1144. Jonathan, let's get into yeah. uh, some of the mysteries. Yeah. One of them is the mystery of God's name. And you, you know, I am that I am. Yeah. And you, you talk a little bit about, yeah. you know, yeah. when I say yeah. I am happy, yeah. I am sad, I am full. Tell us about the real well, meaning well, well, and significance. Well, the, well that, that's the whole, you know, the, you know in, in the book of mysteries, the the teacher talks to the sub says, the name of God, you know it. He says, no, I never heard it. He says, you know it. You say it all the time. Everybody who is listening right now, everybody in the world says the name of God. God made it that you have to say the name of God. So if I say, I'm Jonathan, if you say, if you say here, I'm Larry, before you say your name, you must say the name of God. <laughs> Every time you say your name. So God has it. That and, and again, as you were just alluding to, it says that if I say, I'm alone. No, you're not. You're, it's I am alone. If you say... I'm in sin, I'm separated from God. I am, but I am with you, even when you feel separated from God, I am. And the point is that that with that, God made it, so, number one, if you, the flow of life, it's gotta come, not, we're not just living to God, we have to live from God. So every time, every moment you have, you can only say I am, because he is I am. So every moment we have is from him. And so we have to live our life to, every time you speak, it should be I am speaking. You know, every time you love, I am loving in you, you know, in you, and to live your life from him, that's what it's about. What does it say? Talk about when we, Jesus, Messiah, Yeshua, He is I am. He is with us. And so that we could at every moment say it's Him. You know, Paul says it's that I live, but He lives in me, that I live my life from Him. So there's a whole secret. So here you got something that's really so deep and yet so simple, so deep, and yet if you apply it so practical, can touch every moment of your life. You know, I kind of, when I first got the book, I kind of flipped through it and I said, man, I'd like to hear Jonathan's testimony. How did he get saved? Because, you know, that's where it all begins. The minute you meet Christ and you are regenerated and you have new life. So maybe share with our listeners a little bit about how, how you came to meet Jesus Christ as Lord. I mean, you come from a Jewish background, mm -hmm. and of mm -hmm. course, they're still waiting for the Messiah, but we believe he's already come, mm -hmm. and he's going to come a second time. How did you come to meet him? Well, I grew up in the synagogue. I mean, I went to Hebrew school from first grade on. And one day I was in Hebrew school, I was eight years old, and I said, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing all these things about God, about what he did with Moses and David, and, and you know, I look at the synagogue, I don't see any sign of God, you know. I said, so, that's it, you know, I said, they said, well, I said, how do we know there's a God? Maybe there's three gods, maybe there's no God. So I said, became an atheist when I was eight years old. 
And that, that <laughs> lasted till I was when I was about 13, 12, 13, I said, wait a minute, there's got to be something. There's got to be a reason why we exist. Can't be no God. That, that doesn't make any sense. It's got to be something. So I said, let me search. I started searching every kind of truth I could. I got books on science, on religion, on, on UFOs, on the occult, the charity of the gods. Well, one day I'm looking for a UFO book. I'm looking, or I'm looking at a book and it looks like the UFO book. I pick it up because it looked, they made, that year they made it look just like that. I pick it up. And God tricked me because it was the late great planet Earth by Hal Lindsey, <laughs> which is all about Bible prophecy. What the Bible said is coming true about Israel, end time prophecy. I said, whoa, I never heard about this. So God got, kind of got me through the back door because I started getting open to the supernatural. That opened me up to God. And so, so I said, wow, and I'm reading this. And then I start looking at my Bible. I, I mean, we had a Hebrew Bible at, at home. And I look at that and it says the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem. I said, wait a minute, that's Catholic. How did that get in our Bible? You know, you know, Messiah, or the Jewish Messiah is going to die for our sins. I said, that's Catholic. How did that get in the Bible? All this Catholic stuff, I thought. You know, I think it's Catholic. It's Christian. But it was in our Bible. And so I started believing more and more in my head. I wasn't following him. I wasn't born again, but I'm believing in my head. I'm telling my friends about it. And I'm winning them to the Lord. But I don't know the Lord, but I'm winning them to the Lord. <laughs> so finally, I, you know, I said, you know, it's, it's a, Jonathan, it's not enough that you, you know about this. You know he's coming. But if you're not right with him when he comes, you're going to be in trouble. You're, you're, you're going to be judged. So I said, all right, Lord, I don't want to follow you. I mean, I know I'm supposed to, but I don't want to. Because I thought if I follow you, if I follow you, I have to... I have to Join a monastery, and that's the end of my life. So, and I had a rock band, and I had I was doing what you know you do as a teenager. So I made a deal with God, and I said, Lord, if you give me a long life, I'll accept you when I'm on my deathbed. That was the deal. And so, so I said, and so, right after I did that, I almost got killed twice. First time I was in a car accident, almost got wow. killed. Second time, a few, a few months later, I'm in a Fort Pinto, heading to a train track at night. Mm. And there was a, the lights going on, and the train's coming, but everybody was crossing. So maybe the light's broken because they're crossing. So maybe it already left. Or I said, let me go up. I'll, I'll, I'll inch up, and I'll look, and I'll see. And I look. There's no protection. I look, and I see a light to my left. And it didn't look like it was moving. I said, that's because I was right on the track. It was coming head on. So I'm waiting for the train. You're to in a Ford Pinto. A Ford little, Pinto. little. You just Whoa. touch those things, and they, they, <laughs> they blow fall up. apart. Yeah. And, uh, and so I said, you know what? Maybe just to be safe, maybe I'm too close. So just to be safe, extra safe, let me back up a little bit. But now there's headlights in back of me, and I don't think I can move. I moved. I, I backed up a foot. I thought I'm just being extra safe. I'm still in the path of the train. So I'm waiting for the train to come. The train comes, plows into the Ford Pinto. It goes up like aluminum foil. Now you're in it. I'm in it. The only thing I could do at that moment was call out to God. Call, said God and the, the whole thing is destroyed and I didn't get a scratch I said Lord God can we renegotiate <laughs> I said okay here's a new deal I'll accept you when I turn 20 okay so just don't kill me until then so on my 20th birthday like a man whose contract had run out I said I made the deal I said yes I, I didn't know how to get saved I went up I, I remember at Hebrew school God met Moses on a mountain so I found a mountain Went up a mountain, didn't know what I was doing except to give my life, kneeled down on a rock and gave my life to the Lord. And that's how I came to the Lord. If it wasn't for the train, it says that wow. Jews demand signs. I needed a train. You know, I needed a train. And that's how I came. It's been dramatic ever since then. It began for dramatic. <laughs> it's been dramatic ever since. What, what about your parents? Now, they were Jewish. That's pretty serious uh, for you to accept Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, my father came from Germany. He escaped Hitler as a kid. And so, you know, so anyways, both my parents are scientists. So I wasn't raised in a very religious home. They weren't really, they weren't, didn't really believe. But, you know, they, they weren't thrilled when I said, I mean, when I told them I'm believing in Yeshua or Jesus, he's our Messiah, 
They didn't say hallelujah, praise the Lord. They didn't <laughs> shout that. But they were in shock, you know. But the effect of Messiah, Jesus in my life, they liked that. They were impressed by that. So that was the best thing of it. And my, you know, so I still pray, you know, for the coming of my mom. My mom. Wow. I was able to share with my father before he, before he died. So we can say that God forms, sin deforms, education informs, but Yeshua, by his spirit, transforms. Transforms, that's right. He transforms like you. It. Reform, transform, I like it all. <laughs> Conform to the spirit, I like amen. it. Yes, well, amen. Good. Praise God, yeah. You have the mystery of uh, the apostasy. Maybe tell us a little, yeah, bit, a little bit about that. I mean, apostasy is such an ugly word. But yeah, but there's the something mystery. in there. First of all, you, one of the, some of the mysteries, and there's streams of mysteries too. I mean, in the book of mysteries, you'll get one mystery, and then later on is another puzzle piece, another mystery. It becomes a bigger mystery that comes to a finale at the end. More from Jonathan Kahn next time. In the Resource Center today, we have Jonathan Kahn's The Book of Mysteries, The Mystery of the Shemitah, and The Mystery of the Shemitah DVD. Order all three resources today by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order this collection online, swrc.com. Here is Jerry Tyson. We seem to be living in a time when many biblical predictions are coming true. One of them is the increase in the number of and intensity of earthquakes. Consider this news story from the Newser website. A magnitude 5.8 to 6.0 earthquake caused damage in the city of Melbourne in an unusually powerful trembler for Australia. Geoscience Australia said the quake hit northeast of Australia's second most populous city near the town of Mansfield at a depth of about six miles. Geoscience Australia said media showed images of damage to brickwork in Chapel Street in the inner suburb of South Yarra. No injuries were reported. The quake was also felt in neighboring states of South Australia, and New South Wales, according to the BBC. Dr. Januka Antonyaki of the University of Melbourne's Earthquake Seismology Earth Sciences Unit tells The Guardian that if preliminary estimates are correct, it's the strongest quake to hit the area in 200 years. She said if it's a magnitude 6-0, it's the first in hundreds of years. This is the first earthquake of this magnitude I have seen here during my lifetime, and it has probably not been seen during the lifetime of several generations, end of quote. Once the dust settled and the magnitude was confirmed, the quake registered 5.9. On a hunch, I searched for a listing of severe earthquakes. 100 only slightly dented a list that easily showed well over 500 that were 4.0 or higher in magnitude. Three of them were over 6.0, the highest 6.4. The frightening thing was that all of them had occurred within one month. Granted, many of them were in areas where there would be no damage. Some were in open water where they could have been able to create a tsunami. But there were a large number that were in populated areas and caused serious property damage. 
seeing the devastation they can cause and hearing the reports come back from a quake zone leaves a lasting impression. It happens with little or no warning. There is nothing one can do to stop it. And within a minute, everything one called home, business, or even a neighborhood is reduced to rubble. Dr. Anunnaki said, this is the strongest quake to hit the area in 200 years. This observation is not unique. Many recent ones have pushed the records for their strength. In Isaiah 29, 6, the prophet is warning Ariel, or Jerusalem, of a future day when thou shalt be visited of the Lord of hosts with thunder and with earthquake and with great noise, with storm and tempest and the flame of devouring fire. A warning that should strike fear into the heart of anyone. In the time that leads up to the Battle of Armageddon, still future, we read this in Revelation 16, 16 through 18. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. Imagination cannot picture what kind of devastation this will involve. When the dust is all settled, we are talking about total devastation. God's wrath will have been justified and satisfied with this quake. He will have had the last word and nothing will be left to remind one of the former position of the power of this city. In Revelation 18, 18 through 20, we read more of this complete annihilation. And cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, this great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her coastlines, for in one hour she is made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. There are many that believe this is speaking of New York City. If that's true, the United States is found in biblical prophecy, but not in a situation to be envied. This great city has been a thorn in God's flesh and a stumbling block for humanity long enough and to a level that mercy is not available. It is probable that the list of offenses against the city and focus will accelerate in number and considerably during the seven-year period of the tribulation. Sin is ultimately judged, and when it is, it is ultimate judgment. Calamity is not something we normally find to be a good thing, but in this case, God goes so far as to command rejoicing from those who were wronged during their lives and ministries by the influence that was centered there. Surely there will be a few notable people in this city who are in the middle of God's bullseye during that judgment time. But consider this, all of us are going to stand in judgment before the righteous King of Heaven when this life is over. The only thing that will matter then is who your defense attorney will be. 
you will either represent yourself or be represented by the King of Kings who will present the final argument. My blood was shed for this person's sins. He stands faultless before me in my righteousness. Question, who will represent you on that day? Jonathan Kahn's Mysteries Revealed collection is available today. Two books and a DVD for a gift of $40 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, Jonathan Kahn returns to reveal more mysteries from the Bible. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.